1: Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, Predict Australia's score with a crystal ball. And it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semi finals, all thanks to McDonald's. Mackers, together and loving it. TNC's apply. Yablin! Four goals to Yablin. Oh, just a You'll be okay. Justin Madden's got the sit. One hand. Oh, oh, oh! oh, the post is Oh, talk about a he-man. Dream rises to the top. He is an absolute legend of the game. This is your Football Life with Rex Hunt for Tobin Brothers Funerals. Celebrating lives. And Julian, welcome to you and welcome Australia for another edition of This is Your Football Life. And thousands of men have played the game at this highest level. Some play and move on. Others have more of an impact. And a select few make a lasting impression like today's guest. He is a 300-game player for St Kilda and also kicking over 300 goals. St Kilda Premiership player in 1966, so that narrows it down a bit. St Kilda captain in 1979. St Kilda team of the century and St Kilda Hall of Fame. He should be in the St Kilda Hall of Fame because he kicked that famous point. And you're right, it's Barry Breen. And my goodness me, there's some water gone under the bridge since we played together at Morab and there, uh, Damien.
0: Hello, Rex. Yes, there has. Lots and lots of years, and uh, lots of things that happened in the uh, since those days, those heady days in 1978, 77, 76. They were good days.
1: They they were good days, but the best day of all was that last Saturday in September in 1966, and we'll get to that in a moment. You probably say, "Oh, not again," but just remember that Cowdy and Stewie and all those blokes that Get Together Mocker to celebrate that day in 1966 wouldn't be there unless you'd have played so well during the uh, final series particularly. Okay, uh, tell us about your junior days. Uh, you were recruited from the Federal League uh, Mentone. It was a pretty strong league in those sort of days in the under six, uh, under 17s. under-17s. Well, yeah.
0: you, you'd know that, Rex, coming from Parkdale and, and having your brothers playing for Parkdale and and against uh, the under-17 side I played with at Mentone, Yeah, there's some great players came out of that comp. Um, A lot went to Melbourne and uh, many went to St Kilda and unfortunately a couple went to Richmond.
1: Yeah, exactly. What, what what makes a bloke make it? You know, I say unashamedly, I was about the 15th best player at one stage in the under-15s at Parkdale, then grew, got my confidence, and then I became OK. But I can remember the Hewitt brothers at Cheltenham were dominating, uh, that Morrie was six foot six or something. Morrie Bartlett was just like a Greek god. Correct. Uh, Kenny Osborne played in the centre for a while. For Bobby Baldwin. Langford. Bobby Langford, David Groves from your club. Mm-hmm. Why don't they go on and make it?
0: Well, look, man, I think it, there's a lot of good fortune in in, in having a long career in, in the AFL, uh, right sort of place at the right time. Um, you also have to w- have the desire to do it and work hard to get there, and I'm sure those guys work reasonably hard, but um, I think it it's all about timing and, and perhaps the position you play and uh, what opportunities open for you, and once that opportunity opens up, you grab it and, and hang on to it and... Uh, hopefully, uh, have a long and illustrious career.
1: Uh, St Kilda had moved from the Junction Oval at uh, St Kilda down to Linton Street, Moorabbin. It was exciting times, a new venue, new grandstand, new home, a young coach called Alan Jeans. It was just the recipe to bake a beautiful big cake, wasn't it?
0: Well, we had the side, Rex, and and our young side and and lots of great players that were in the early stages of, of their career. As you mentioned, Stuart, uh, Carl Dittrich, Dale Griffiths, Ross Smith, Ian Cooper. We had a very, very good side, and into that side came another four or five or six players that were 17 or 18 that finished up playing in the uh, in the Premiership team. Jeff Moran, myself, Alan Davis. Um, we just had a very, very good side and, and great mentors in terms of learning how to play and and what was required to succeed at AFL level at that time. And when you've got players like Bulldog Stewart, Hal Murray, Dittrich. It's not very difficult to uh, to slot into a side and learn.
1: Yeah, how did you end up at Morabbin? Uh, as I said, a few went to Melbourne. Uh, I went to Richmond. I was in the federal. Don't know whether I lived on the right or wrong side of Point P and Road, as it used to be called. But how did you end up at Morabbin? And tell us your early days at Morabbin when you walked in and you saw some of the biggest names in the game training alongside you.
0: Well, I could have gone anywhere, Rex, and so could you. And. Um, because the territory was unallotted in those days. Beyond um, South Road, Moorabbin, you could go where you want to go. And um, I had a look at Melbourne, Collingwood and a couple of other clubs. I was always going to play for St Kilda because I barracked for them from the day I could remember. So uh, that was always a given for me. And, and did I get any money? No. They paid for my education? Yes. Yeah. Um, and uh, signed the piece of paper, signed the Form 4. And then went to Moorabbin in February and walked into the old cricket change rooms that you remember well, yes. and saw all those players and said, "What the hell am I doing here?" I was 16, nice, just turned 17, skinny, um, and amongst some legends that that I'd grew up watching play football like Bulldog and and Morrow and How from the 50s, and to be playing with those guys was. Uh, quite a thrill.
1: uh, This is Barry Breen. He is a star 300 game veteran for uh, St Kilda and the man yes he doesn't like it but he kicked that point and uh, uh, of course you do. You you always have loved it and you always will because when you get in the room with those premiership players it's just so special that non-premiership players can't appreciate it. Uh, you started off slowly, you didn't slacken off in 65, but you played four games, but in 66, you seemed to sort of say, I know what this is all about, and you became a regular fixture in a side that was clearly going places.
0: I played every game in 66, I think. I was on the bench in the last game against uh, Fitzroy at the Brunswick Street Oval, when Carl whacked Darrell Peebles and got four weeks, and I, would, I played centre-half back most of that year, um, and and Z thought that role perhaps would have been a bit too much for me in the final series so he put me on the half forward flank and and ruck rover with the in Cooper I didn't have to do a lot of work because Humper stayed on the ball he didn't come off yeah. which suited me fine yeah. and uh, I was across half forward around the wing area and as you said enjoyed a good final series in 66 and and which obviously culminated in uh, in kicking five behinds in the grand final. Cowboy says he kicked five goals. I kicked five behinds. He
1: did. He said it's, uh, you know, and, and you say, well, it's still five kicks. And uh, unfortunately, this far down the track, uh, Barry, if six points doesn't equal a goal, so I'm out of it anyhow. That's it. Now, 66 grand final. We're going to get to it. And uh, let's now relive Mike Williamson's excitement as you kicked that point. This is madness. They're all on the ball there you go up goes minor he gets a tap down potter has it he can't break clear it's taken by green that's a point it's a point and killer in, in front how yes. long have they been playing mike they have been playing if my hand will stop shaking i can see the watch 27 and a half minutes murray's kick to the wing position on the outer side And how good are you, Barry Breen, <laughs> when Murray had the ball and he kicked it out to the left half-back flank?
0: who Murray took the mark.
1: Mocker. And Mocker. does he remind me, I was at a function with him the other day, and besides catching salmon off the 90-mile beach where Louis the Fly used to run along there in the early days, the 90-mile beach, he's never forgotten it. He said, and I didn't have the common sense to grab the ball, mate. It would be worth thousands now.
0: Well, it would be. Still brings, still makes the hairs on the back of your neck stand up. That most, those last couple of minutes when well, you Well,
1: not, not mine. It doesn't. But I tell you what, what <laughs> hair me. I've got stands up. I've got it down as one of my ten most unbelievable—not unbelievable—the ten most poignant moments in the history of the game. And I tell you what, there's a lot of people agree with me. But tell us about. Getting on top of Collingwood on the day, all right? Though it's a miss kick, it wasn't. You had a, had a shot, it went through for a behind. But Collingwood slaughtered you in a home and away game earlier on that year, and they beat you in a final. How did you blokes turn it around uh, in 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 cooperation with Yabby's instructions?
0: Look, I, we 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 played well in the wet against Essendon in the preliminary final, and that. That got our confidence back in terms of what we were... We were unlucky in the second semi. We could have won that game as well. I think it was only seven points in it. But we played well against Essendon, and then we were well prepared in the week leading up to that game. Genzie made a couple of um, fairly um, significant plays and moves, and that was, A, bringing Bingley into the side to play on Tuddenham, after he'd kicked seven against Darryl Griffiths. That released Darryl Griffiths back into the middle of the ground. Yes. And he became a very effective player for us on the grand final day. And it was just an all-round good performance from everybody in the side. Everybody contributed something during the course of the day. Mm -hmm. Whether that was a mark, a kick, a tackle, a shepherd, whatever it might be, we all did something, and we never, ever, ever gave up. And it was it was nip and tuck all day long. There was no more than ten points in it. We might have got the ten points out, but it was just a kick most of the time, and we never lost our cool, and and we we were um, just very steady at the um, at the crunch, and and I think probably. We just lost our cool a bit in that last 30 seconds when Mm. Waters ran the ball out to Tuddenham. And Tuddy keeps saying to me, he said, I should have run another 10 or 20 metres. I said, Tuddy, you wouldn't have got that far because Ross Smith was closing in on you and he wouldn't have given up. And that was like that was the way we played all day.
1: And it's no good Barry Breen just coming up with woulda, coulda, shoulda, because it didn't really happen. And a coulda and woulda, shoulda is a man that we affectionately know as the shadow, which was is Carl Dietrich, who I had on this program last year. One of the most uh, dedicated... And loyal teammates I've ever been involved with, and I was glad to join him when he was skipper at Moravin because he used to punch a living suitcase out of me at Richmond and Geelong. But isn't that a sad story that the shadow doesn't have uh, a premiership medallion? But but such is the way of the game, and some of his efforts were a re- result of you being a very very good side. But he missed out.
0: He did, and. Uh... If anything, sometimes Carl was undisciplined, and probably in today's game, you would have got some points, and he wouldn't have got rubbed out, and it wasn't a very strong whack on Daryl Peoples, and but he had form, and I think the chairman of the tribunal, Al Foley at the time, wasn't his favourite uh, player, Yeah. Um, and it was just a set of circumstances that arise, and unfortunately, Carl's got to live with that, and you know, as you know, Carl and I have been great mates for years and years and years, And but... He was part of the side. He got us there or helped to get us there, part of the team. And all he hasn't got is the medallion and perhaps the memories of playing on the day.
1: Yeah. Um, out of the uh, out of the break, when I go very, very shortly, I'll be talking about the combination of Ian Stewart and Darryl Baldock. But, you know, let's talk about the Cowboy because he loves to talk about himself. And so I've had him on this show as well. He just epitomised, like Brian Roberts did epitomise at Richmond, what team spirit both on and off the field is about. When things are real tough, the Cowboy had a light line, but when you had to get your nose bleeding and run two 400s one after the other, he was there doing his bit. He mightn't have been the fastest, but what a great team man.
0: He was a great player, Cowdy. Both ends of the ground. Great personality. The Cowboy types, they... They weld clubs together, and, and he was a great storyteller. He was a great footballer, a great human being, and and um, just a lovely, lovely man. And and wasn't everybody thought Cowdy was a, was a, a tough, dirty footballer? He wasn't. He, he was a very talented, skillful player for his size, and way ahead of his time. And if if you're picking players out of eras and say, could they play today? Cowdy certainly would be in that mix, and uh, he would he would fit nicely into today's game because he had pace, he was quick, he could run, kick, do everything, um, and and a, as you say, made a great team man and would do a job that he was asked to do. Uh, and did it all the time.
1: This is the voice of Barry Breen and this is your football life with the kindest regards of Tobin Brothers folks. We celebrate lives when people pass on but we celebrate lives when people are still alive and kicking because this man is a legend of the St Kilda Football Club and out of the break we talk about Stuart and Bulldog. We talk about uh, moving to Sydney. We talk about his times as a Sydney Swans general manager and Barry Breen will join you and me and the rest of Australia out of the break, and there's plenty more to come on This Is Your Football Life. Yablin! You're listening to This Is Your Football Life with Rex Hunt for Tobin Brothers Funerals, celebrating lives. Ah, oh, yes, and we're celebrating the footy life of Barry Breen, some cooler legend. He did kick that point, and he's got. Uh, a lot of good stories to tell, and first of all, Barry, in welcoming you back after the break, uh, the combination of Stewart and Bulldog, although Bulldog was a centre-half forward rivals, the Goggin and Wade combination, the Barry Price and Peter McKenna combination, and you know perhaps the Barrett and Royce Hart combination, it was just something to behold, and you were pretty glad they were on your side.
0: Sure, sure was, Rex. They were... Well... I've always said though the two best players I've ever seen, and you always pick guys you play with week in and week out. You see the others once or twice a year, and and, and the media wasn't as you, they weren't as exposed back in those days when they were there in their prime. But Stewie was well, many would say he was the best player in the game, and three Brownlow medals attest to that. And Ballock played centre half forward at five foot ten and was just. I put Ballock in front of Stewie just, and I still say that Ballock's the best player I've ever seen. He, wow, he was fantastic and. Um, What he did week in and week out for that side um, was unbelievable. And then you put Stuart into the equation and and the way he used to come out of the centre of the ground and he could deliver a ball like nobody else at that time. Mm. um, Drop, punt, lace out every time just about. He was just perfection. And they were just, as a 17, 18-year-old, 19-year-old, just to watch those two work um, was absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Two terrific blokes into the bargain.
1: And uh, Premiership uh, partners to this day until the end. Uh, 71, I reckon you had it all before you. Uh, You fixed up us in the wet in the preliminary final where Dietrich was uh, just amazing. Um, And then you went into 71 against Hawthorne who could only kick five goals to three-quarter time but then... Uh, Bob ketty uh, got hold of uh, of the cat and uh, Gary Colling just was one of those blokes at the right wrong time at the the wrong place and uh, they kicked five goals up the three quarter time they kicked seven in the final term it was just not in the script Barry Breen.
0: no it wasn't and and cat had Gary Colling had just done a fantastic or he'd held ketty almost kickless and and we were most unlucky that Kennedy didn't drag Keddie and and he nearly did and for some reason he left him on the ground and put him in the goal square because Otto had had some trouble with his ear, something happened earlier in the game Um, and then everything just went Hawthorne's way out of the centre of the ground, Carl was dominant into that third quarter and and he lost that dominance after three quarter time, it might have been because Michael Porter gave him a whack behind the ear when he wasn't looking just before three quarter time Just the circumstances just changed completely. The momentum of the game swung because even in those days, you got the ball out of the centre of the ground. You had the momentum and then Hawthorne took that and we just couldn't get it back. Um, We tried hard and we went down by seven points eventually. But that 23-point lead at three-quarter time in those days should have been enough, but it wasn't because of what Bob Kitty did to us in that final quarter. And I'll never forgive him.
1: Exactly. Two great St Kilda names when the history of the game is written, St Kilda legends in Alan Jeans and of course Trevor Barker uh, both lost their battle with illness and uh, this cut everyone to the bone but these two beautiful men were very very close to you. though were just about family weren't they?
0: Pretty much. I, I played cricket with Jack for many many years uh, at Cheltenham and You know, Trevor was just a snotty-nosed kid when we were doing that, and then he became the champion that he was. And of course, um, Z, well, he was like a father to me, and and all the things that happened to me in football wouldn't have happened without um, without Alan Jeans and and the support that he gave me, and and the style of bloke he was. He was. uh, Everybody's got their weaknesses in life, Rex. I don't reckon he had one.
1: Yeah, well, not that we know about, and uh, that that such was the uh, the the man. after Z gave it away in uh, I think 77 Rossi Smith came on board for a year it just didn't work out. They got Mike Patterson was exciting for a while and then Jezza and later on I think Tony Jewell but uh, did the, did the end for you in 1982 come suddenly or did you know I'm getting to the end of this or like a lot of us do in that era the game's actually passing me by How, how did it come about Barry Breen?
0: Well, I was I was thirty four, mate, in my last year, and, and was playing intermittently. And um, look, I knew it was my time. Thirty four years of age, three hundred and one games, whatever it was. And and Jezza was the coach at the time. There was no wait for age. You had to do exactly the same work as the eighteen year olds. They don't get. We weren't looked after the way they look after players today. It's a different science. And. I knew it was time. I could have played, I reckon, another year but off the bench or something like that, but I just accepted the fact that I had a great run and yeah. uh, slowly went off into the West and played my last game in the Twos. Um, the Seconds made the Finals, um, and they made the Grand Final, and Jack Clark said to me was the coach at the time of the Reserve, said, Barry, we don't want you to play. We want yeah. to play the kids. And, and I, I accepted that. I really enjoyed playing the Seconds because you could get a kick, um, <laughs> but also thought I offered something to the kids around me. And for Jack to say that was a disappointment, but... Hey, life's all of disappointment, mate, and uh, you move on.
1: You just move on. You start looking back, mate. You're going to end up with uh, a lot of grey hair, or in my case, no hair. You weren't very right. You weren't Horace Greeley and went west after that. You went northeast to Sydney. I did. You coached Balbane, uh, captain coach. You won a flag there out of three tries. Uh, Sydney Swans, general manager, it has been your home for a long, long time. You've been in business uh, as an executive with uh, oil company Valvoline. It's all fallen into place for you up there. How do you think the Sydney sides are travelling as we speak?
0: Um, I don't go to the footy very often these days, Rex, but I was at the footy on Saturday and uh, entertaining some customers of mine and watched the Swans play the dogs, which was pretty good. Um, Look, I enjoy football today. Sydney, great footy club, um, and have done marvellous things since they came to Sydney back in the middle 80s. And where they were when I was the CEO to where they are today uh, is amazing. The chairman said at lunch, our facilities are the worst in the AFL. I nearly jumped up and said, well, you should have seen them in 1989. They didn't exist. We had no facilities. So where they are today is is a great achievement. The AFL support them. We know that. Um, There's some really dedicated people that have seen the Swans through the whole journey. And plus GWS and and the side that they've got with all the kids playing. It's a tougher market out in the West. Um, It still is very much a rugby league and soccer area and they're fighting the Wanderers and and the rugby league team. So that's a harder task. Uh, It's just a matter of whether the AFL go the journey in terms of the commitment to the dollars and, and ensuring that they keep their team together.
1: Yeah, Uh, Barry Breen is our special guest and this is your football life for Tobin brothers who do celebrate lives. We're celebrating the life of a wonderful football person and a St Kilda legend. what are your thoughts on the proposed move of the Saints back to Moorabbin? A lot of people that I have a cup of coffee with say that, you know, Seaford's got nothing to do with the Saints. They're all beautiful facilities, that sort of thing. Some people go down there and can't even find it. But but do you just let that ride or do you think it's important? You know, Hawthorne have moved away from Glen Ferry, Richmond stayed at Punt Road. What is the significance of Morabin? And more importantly, Barry Breen, what do you think the significance is of the Junction Oval at the suburb called uh, St Kilda?
0: Look, I think the move back to Morabbin is fantastic. They should never have gone to Seaford. It was a battle over five or six or eight poker machines. They should have redeveloped that oval 10 years ago. They've got a lease to for another 33 years. It is our spiritual home. Some would argue that the Junction may be, but I think Morabbin really fulfils the needs of of the club, the players and the supporters and they can develop their own identity there. If that Junction Oval proposal had it worked out, they would be sharing it with cricket. Yeah. They did that 50, 60 years ago and that's why they left because they couldn't get a deal with cricket. They're their own control of their own destiny. It'll be a community hub. Uh, right in the heart of St Kilda Territory. They will still own Port Phillip Bay from the junction to Portsea, Mm. and uh, I think that will be just a wonderful outcome. There's a bit of work to do. We need to raise $5 bucks to support the other people that are tipping in the dough, which is the state government and the local government. Um, I think it will secure the future of the footy club.
1: Before we let you go, Barry Breen, it's been just lovely to chat because, you know, I've uh, known you as a dear friend for a long, long time and uh, Lynn and I got great memories of It's a long time. time since you used
0: to put the milk bottles out, Rex, well, and put your dressing gown on, I know that. And,
1: and the slippers and all that sort of stuff. To get rid of us. Who was the bloke you had the most trouble with? You know, and I could just couldn't get over nightsy, but every week as a centre-half forward, you actually came up against absolute superstars and your time at Moran was no different. Who, who was really your nemesis?
0: Well, I suppose Peter Knights was. Um, he arrived on the scene when I was reasonably established, and I just couldn't get over what this young kid from Lang Warren could do. He could jump, he could run, he could catch everything. And I was just at my wit's end, and... Um, Junsy and I have used to have a lot of fun over the fact. I said to him once before we ran out of the ground at Glenford, I said, "Yeah, do you think I could play him from behind?" <laughs> well, well, laddie, yeah, that I can't tell you what he said well, to me. Well, laddie, <laughs> but I did, I did play in front and. He, unfortunately for Peter in 71 I, We went for a mark and I was in front And I caught it And Peter came over the top trying to catch it oh. And he came over the top of me And, and did his knee unfortunately oh, And missed no. the grand final But we had some great battles He was he was probably the best But you know, Johnny Williams, Ted oh. Potter Lots and lots of Lindsay McGee You, um, from time to time When Hafey put you <laughs> down to centre-half back In the 71 <laughs> preliminary final I think you played centre-half back yep. And did get the better of me in the wet Couldn't believe that No, um, me neither And um, it was, uh, yeah, some great players and great times, and and, uh, very fortunate to have spent that time, all that time at St Kilda, and, and playing amongst those great players, meeting friends like yourself and, and all the blokes we go through with you don't see a lot of each other but when you do you have a wonderful time. And, uh, it's it's I as I if
1: it. it's as if you haven't uh, been away and no, it's no, just a it spe- special bond you know I see Duper every now and again yep. or you hear from George Young and goodness me couldn't we run a show on George Young gee we'd take some ratings in but Send him look, a tape. It's, it's, it's been very very lovely of you to share these memories today and folks that is Barry Breen he's a star of the game and a star of St Kilda and Barry this has been your football life and we appreciate your time today on our show
0: Thank you very much Rex, really appreciate it Thanks mate
1: If you'd like to hear extended versions of this interview check us on facebook.com forward slash Tobin Brothers Funerals or you can follow us on Twitter at Rex Football Life This has been This Is Your Football Life and join us next week as again we go searching for some of the great memories of our great Australian game in This Is Your Football Life